Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 34. I am so excited for today's episode. I'm going to try really hard to make it short and sweet and to the point because I have honestly been thinking about the eight lessons that I wanted to list in this podcast for like a month. Uh, So let's just get right to it. Um, First two announcements, friends. Number one, have you done the rate review subscribe dance yet? Do you know how important this dance is to us as podcasters, as content creators, as people who are just like working every week to put out all of this free fun stuff for you? Um, the way that you just that you say thank you and that you show a little bit of, uh, of love and some support and some appreciation is uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, share it on social, make it an Instagram story, tweet about it. I don't care. Um, any any flavor is amazing. Any way that you spin it um, is what we need. So please, 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 please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, number two, talking about the Train Like a Warrior campaign with Operation Not Alone. January was a really good first month, um, our big kickoff with Train Like a Warrior. And honestly, like the tumultuous nature of January, I think, really called for some of the things that we were able to do and things that we were able to bring. Um, so let's do a little recap, shall we, friends? Um, so once again, if you are new here, the Train Like a Warrior campaign with Operation Not Alone is our brand new 2021 initiative um, for all things health and wellness. So mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, financial nutritional and physical health, like all the things that could possibly encompass health. Uh, We are tackling it in 2021, both in the form of uh, fundraising, in-person events, and also just providing resources to the masses. So um, our goal was every single week in 2021, we would be bringing um, either an event or a resource, um, usually in the form of like a video for our YouTube channel. And then I usually have been sharing the audio here on the podcast as well, um, just to help people with their health. We've been partnering with some really fantastic experts. Um, it's been really great. So for January, let's recap. Um, our The first weekend, we held a really great fundraiser with Cycle Bar in Brookfield, Wisconsin. A really great opportunity, even with the limited studio that they had and the amount of limited bikes. They pretty much like filled the studio. Uh, we raised quite the nice chunk of change and really helped people like break a sweat that first you know, the first weekend of the new year. Um, Next, we partnered with a really wonderful, so lovely um, therapist and also a veteran um, in the Madison area, Casey Doze, who provided us with a really lovely uh, meditation that was targeted for healing trauma and PTSD. Um, This meditation, as an Air Force veteran, she made it kind of a little specifically for veterans, but going through the entire meditation, which is under 10 minutes, um, it's so soothing. Her voice is like 
butter. And um, it really works well for anyone struggling with PTSD or needing to heal trauma of any sort. It's not veteran specific, or it doesn't have to be, I should say. Uh, Week three, you will also find here on the podcast, we did um, a really large interview about kind of tackling financial health and investing like 101 with Katy Perry from public.com and their app, um, which included a really cool offer. It is in the link in my bio. So at Susan Foch and then also at Make an Impact Podcast um, is a $10 offer, a $10 slice of stock um, for anyone who downloads the public app and creates a profile, uh, which will also mean that you're creating a brokerage account. So it will, you know, track financial information in there. Don't be scared of it. It's a brokerage account. It's all protected, uh, I promise. And if you listen to the interview, she, she explains the safety um, measures that are in there. But they are offering a $10 slice of stock to anyone who uses the link, um, again, in my bio or in the Make an Impact podcast bio. And right now, um, we are doing our big giveaway of the month. Um, I think that we're going to aim to do a really cool health-themed giveaway once a month. Um, And so to wrap up January, we are giving away one whole year, like a whole year subscription um, to the Calm app. So I'm sure everyone has maybe like heard of Calm or seen one of their ads. They are a really great app for just stress and meditation, healthy sleeping. Um, they keep partnering with a bunch of different celebrities with like really wonderful voices um, to help kind of like take you to sleep in a really peaceful way. It's really fantastic. It's a great resource. It's a great app, um, but it is it does have a cost to it every month. So we are giving away an entire year-long subscription um, to the Calm app. So head to at Operation Alone on Instagram or on Facebook um, to see that giveaway and figure out how you can win one whole free year of the Calm app. Because uh, I think that that's super cool. So that was the January recap of the Train Like a Warrior campaign. We have a lot of really cool resources coming to you in February um, and obviously for the rest of the year. But I'm really pleased with what we were able to to bring out for January. So go look it up. Go enjoy. We're going to get our health and wellness on in 2021. Um, and we're going to train like the warriors within mind, body and spirit. Now for the actual content of this episode. I'm very excited. I've been thinking about this and really processing what I wanted to say for a long time. So if you are new here, um, hi, my name is Susan, and I founded Operation on Alone out of my freshman college dorm room um, eight years ago now. So back in January of 2013, um, Operation on Alone was born, and it was like the weirdest, <laughs> honestly, jankiest process um, into founding it and creating it. But I think all startups, uh, whether it's for-profit or non-profit, really are like that. So I kind of laugh about that now, um, but it started out I'm humbly, um, really small, very much like just the epitome of I had no idea what I was doing. I was not like making it up as I went along, but I was building the plane as I flew. Uh, if you go back and listen to episode one of the podcast, um, you know, it kind of explains like the longer story of that I was creating this while I was kind of competing in the Miss America organization and I needed a platform to run on. Um, And it was really inspired 
by a lot of the things that I had seen and felt and experienced growing up with my father, who was a 100% disabled Marine Corps veteran, and a lot of those lessons, but also just gaps in his care that I was seeing throughout my whole life. And so it started really small. It just had this kind of idea to do some personalized like care packages for active duty service members and really what that kind of entailed for like their mental and emotional health while they were serving overseas. I did not and could not figure out how to fundraise a freaking dollar. I was paying for everything um, out of pocket, but also full price uh, like an idiot (laughs) because I didn't realize how to like get um, my tax exempt card. Well, no, that's not true. I had my tax exempt exempt number. I just like didn't know how to like use it to the best of my ability. Like when I went shopping so that I was buying things tax free, um, you know, I wasn't really great at figuring out how to shop kind of like those best sales and getting things down and, um, you know, figuring out the best way to buy like the products for our care packages and how I was navigating the post office. Like it was super odd. Um, So to really see what it's done in the last eight years, like the thousands of people that this organization has impacted, like the fact that we went from just this like idea of doing these care packages for people who are serving overseas um, to now that we offer six main services. So our personalized care packages for active duty service members, our veteran cheer packages, the never alone nursing home visits, the who is your hero presentations, our Girl Scout patching program, and then our college intern program. We also you know, started like a social enterprise kind of branch off of it, which is uh, the Ona Boutique, which is also the sponsor for this episode, by the way, um, which is also a little bit of where the Make an Impact line came from, um, for starters. And then we also created two new services in light of the pandemic, so our COVID relief kit and our Healthcare Hero program, uh, both of which, by the way, will we'll wrap up in March of 2021. And it's just like, it's been thousands of people who have been directly impacted and honestly who knows about like the indirect impact that that has on people and our communities and it really has been a global impact i mean that was that was kind of easy to say global when we've we've sent care packages all over the world but even the coolest thing in the last couple of months um Mackenzie Lund who is our VP and our director of New York operations who also is in episode 7 of the podcast describing the whole process of like creating a Girl Scout patch and a successful program. We even saw through, so that program has really kicked off. We've had the Girl Scout patch for about two years now, and it really has exploded in the last three months. Like November 2020, it really blew up. Um, We did over like 600 um, patches, over 600 girls um, completed our program just in two months, which is crazy. Um, But some of those girls are also stationed overseas with their parents. So they, so Girl Scouts has like a branch organization called Girl Scouts Overseas. Um, So these girls were in Italy and Germany who were also creating our patch. Like it's just been the coolest thing. I'm even seeing the hotspot map of this podcast. Um, I see you people off in different countries and the fact that this is starting to have a global reach, like all of it is just really, really crazy to me um, in the best possible way. Like it, it makes my head spin, um, but also makes me really excited for the future and all of the ways that we can grow and scale and just impact more people. It, it endlessly excites me. So with that very large um, 
hopefully quick uh, recap on Operation Alone. I want to share with you um, in honor of Operation Alone's birthday, the eight lessons that I have learned in the last eight years of being a nonprofit CEO. So let's get into them. Okay, so lesson number one, you should only start your own nonprofit. You should only be a nonprofit founder if you can check off these two boxes. Number one, and this should sound obvious, but you'd be surprised, that you are solving a problem. You should be, and that's honestly, that is any business. It's if it's a for-profit business, a non-profit business, like businesses exist to solve problems. Contractors have a job because people want to live in homes because without it, you would be homeless. That is a problem. We have grocery stores and restaurants and food banks and all these things because people need to eat. Without food, you have hunger. That is a problem. Like, you should only start a nonprofit if, number one, you are really dedicated towards solving a problem. And box number two is not because you want to but because you need to. Like deep down in your soul, you need to do this. Not want to do this because you think it would be super cool or you think it would be fun or you think it would be nice or you think it would like look good on social media or on a resume. No, you need to do this. That is the only reason why you should found a nonprofit organization because you need to do it deep, deep in your soul. Because the other thing too, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, I didn't until I was like a junior in college and I was taking a grant writing course. No, I was taking like a financial something course, whatever. The goal of any nonprofit founder is to one day not have a job. There is no job security in nonprofits because if you succeed at your job in your nonprofit, if your organization succeeds, it means you don't have a job anymore. Because it will have meant that you have solved that problem. If you start a homeless-themed charity, it's because you are so compelled that you are you want to tackle hunger and homelessness. That is what lights you up. That is your thing. And one day, the goal is to solve homelessness, right? Like if that's what you're going into, you want to solve it. And if you have solved, if you've eradicated homelessness, then you no longer have a job. And what a blessing that would be. No one get, you know, Scott Harrison did not get into uh, charity water and create charity water and want to bring clean water to the entire world um, and then like want to go backwards and kind of like screw some stuff up and like, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like dirty up some of those waters um, just to keep working more. No, like the goal is to bring clean drinking water to every human being on the planet. And when that happens, charity water will no longer exist. And that will be the coolest day because that means the problem has been eradicated. So number one, do it because you need to do it deep, deep down in your soul, not because you want to do it. Okay, number two, you, my sweet, sweet founder, my sweet, sweet CEO, you are nothing without your team. You need to surround yourself with the absolute best possible human beings on the planet. That includes your personal life, by the way, because you can't go change the entire world 
on your work hours and then go home and be absolutely miserable. You can't do it. I'm so sorry. Like, that's just, that's going to take such a different toll on you. It's not even funny. But um, your team, like your nonprofit team, your, and honestly, I'm going to maybe stop saying nonprofit because I think that these lessons really go anywhere, whether it's, um, again, for-profit, nonprofit, what have you, um, your team is going to make or break your organization because, again, as my sweet Leslie Nopes, uh, we can't all be Leslie Nopes. We have to, we can't do all of it ourselves. We have to have a team because otherwise the amount of impact that you will have on the world or on your community or on the environment, whatever it is, um, will be very small. I'm so sorry. You can't do it all alone. If you want to make this a one-person ship, that is fine. But know that your impact will be very limited. And that's not to say anything's wrong with that. Impact is impact. You go, Glen Coco. But in theory, if you want to make big impact, if you want to make big change, you need help. You need a team. You need to find and craft and create and foster the best jam one out there because you're going to need them for everything. And you're going to need to find people who believe in your mission as much as you do. And I know you think that you can't find someone who loves your mission as much as you do, but they are out there, I promise. If everyone thought that way about their organizations and businesses, um, we would never have some of the largest businesses and corporations and game changers in the entire world. Uh, People will always be um, just as passionate, if not more passionate than you, right? I'm going to keep talking about Parks and Rec throughout this entire episode. And if you don't know that, I'm so sorry for you. Please go binge it on like, I think Hulu right now. There will always be a Craig Middle Brooks to pop in for a Leslie Nope. Let those people happen. It'll be great. But you need the best team that you can possibly find around you. Personal and professional. Number three, understand the point of non-Googleability. That wasn't a word, and I don't care. Um, there's going to be a point where you cannot Google the way to your answer, and that's okay. Ask for some freaking help. And honestly, if you have to pay a little bit for some of that help, do it. Because you there's going to be a point, like legally speaking, you can't screw up. <laughs> um, you can't screw up. You can't really make a misstep at that. And like when there is a point that you can't Google an answer, don't make it up. Don't phone it in. Don't like rationalize yourself to a new one. Ask the actual correct professional to help you and make sure that you're not going to make like a detrimental mistake down the line. It's not going to work. For example, I mean, I'm talking about lawyers. I'm talking about accountants. You know, to an extent, I'm even talking about like coaches. Um, But really, I mean, I just did this this past year. I I know that I was like the queen of Googling everything to start the nonprofit. Um, I went through a lot of different like just internet things and trying to find some people who would talk to me for free, uh, which wasn't overly great. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was trying to figure out everything on my own and cheaply. I get it. Again, I was an 18-year-old college student. I funded everything out of my own pocket. I, which to that, like I was just a waitress in the summers at like a pizza restaurant. I didn't exactly have a trust fund to like hang out and use towards this charity. Um, I was making all of it up as I went along. And I was trusting that I could Google my way to the answer. This past year, I got to a point where there was a question I could not Google my way to anymore. And so I finally said, 
F it. Um, and I found a really great local, like, nonprofit lawyer in the Madison area. She was so helpful, so lovely. You know what? I'm going to find her name right now so I can plug her because she was really just like the epitome of lovely. Uh, her name was Sarah Kissel at Schultz Nonprofit Law. Um, so again, like downtown Madison, she was so wonderful. And the issue that I was coming up with was I was starting to kind of Google and look around and talk to the team about uh, what it would look like to start compensating um, our work. We have been uncompensated, myself included, from the very beginning. And this year, mostly like with the pandemic, you know, and and watching all but one of our team members, um, you know, get laid off from their jobs and really be taking big financial hits. Um, sorry, when I say jobs, I mean like all of our for-profit like paying jobs because we've all been uncompensated up until this point. But also just like having, you know, every, as Ona keeps growing, like this is so much more time on me and so much more time on everyone in our team. And so I was like, you know, at some point, like this compensation model will have to change. And I was like, when that happens, I was like, what can that possibly look like? Because that was something where I was like, I know that if I make one legal misstep, um, it's going to be a massive problem down the line. I didn't want to do that. And every time I tried to Google it, I found like 50 different answers and every state has different protocols to it. And um, these kinds of laws change like frequently. And especially there was a lot of pandemic caveats to it. So I was like, I'm not, this is just something I'm not, I cannot afford um, to not consult an actual professional who like this is their job and their expertise. So at some point, you can't Google your way to an answer. That's fine. Figure out the right professional and someone that you trust um, and that you, like, are going to trust that they're going to guide you in the right direction. They have that expertise. And if you have to pay for it, first of all, it's probably, like, really good advice. And second of all, I mean, just do it. Because, it, like, if you're going to think about your organization in the long run, you can't really afford to have a lawsuit of something in the middle of it. So, um, number four, be as organized as humanly possible from day one. Like you have to make sure that all of your, your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed. And if you are not that organized of a person, like if you are not a super type A spreadsheet, love and post-it note to do list maestro of a human being, um, find someone else who is and make them help you <laughs> and get them right on board. Um, it is just going to make your life so much easier in the long run. And again, like everything for your organization, you have to be thinking like 10 years in the future, like just, and that sounds scary, but oh, well, um, that's kind of business. It's just everything like know that the decisions that you're making now, like, you know, you in 10 years are going to have to, um, accept or pivot or like deal with some of those decisions. So, and I'm really saying this more from like a financial standpoint, an organizational standpoint, a legal standpoint. So like receipts, right? Your finances, um, keeping track of every single dollar that goes in and out of your organization. Crucial. We always know that. Um, but you also have to keep those receipts on file and on hand for the next seven years, like legally speaking, because in the event that you were to ever be audited for something like you need all of those receipts, right? Um, so keeping your receipts on, on hand for seven years, um, making sure that just, again, all your, all of your, the, the I's and the T's, like 
every line has to be crossed. Um, all of your paperwork, your legal documents, making sure everything is just backed up in the right place because like just one bad misstep, like you I just I always worry that like if some if there's like one stone that I left unturned that I'm like somehow jinxed it and when we get to like future me in 10 years is going to be like frantically searching for this form that I never like filed properly in 2015 and then I'm just going to want to sit there and like beat up 2015 Susan um and that's not cute so just be as organized as possible and when I say that I'm gonna have an asterisk there I don't mean go buy a bunch of big expensive programs like I'm not saying that you right out of the gate need to go spend a ton of money every month on uh QuickBooks or Salesforce or whatever um I personally still don't use any of those programs like I've used them for work before like for my um my other jobs but it's just not something that we've ever reached a scale that we needed yet. Um, we do. The only thing that we actually really spend money on in that regard is harness giving, uh, which I absolutely love. If you are, if you do anything with a nonprofit, if the back end of your website looks any kind of sort of janky and you want your donation process to be easier, get harness giving. Tell them that I sent you um, the Make an Impact podcast or just Susan Foch. You will love Harness Giving. I've loved it. It's been the, the back-end plug-in for our website, and that has been great for reports and donors and just, like, it's absolutely amazing. I love Harness Giving. That's the only thing that we pay for, and honestly, it's $99 a month. You can't beat that. That's amazing. So that helps us just outstandingly with, um, you know, some of those back-end reports, but also just making it really easy for people to donate to us because if someone wants to hand you their money, my God, make it easy. Um, but we don't have any of those other really crazy programs to track stuff. Everything that we do has just been the free options, has been on documents and with spreadsheets. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with spreadsheets. Um, and that has been working for us so far, partially because I'm a really neurotic person and, and try to keep up really well on those things. But also just because like we're not at that scale to invest in a bunch of really big programs like that yet. So I'm not saying that you have to spend a lot of money um, to be organized. I just mean keep track of all of your stuff. And I promise 10 years from now, you will thank yourself. We know that you're strong and empowered. We know that you want to make an incredible impact on this world. And thankfully, there's an online boutique for you to represent that message every day. The Ona Boutique has two lines of t-shirts and engraved gold bar necklaces to remind you that you're capable of incredible impact on this world. And the proceeds benefit Operation Not Alone, a Wisconsin-based nonprofit supporting our troops, veterans, and mental health initiatives all across the country. Head to theonaboutique.com to shop their collections and get free shipping with the code IMPACT. That's the O-N-A boutique.com and use code IMPACT. Number five, lesson number five, there are inevitably with anything, with a business, with a nonprofit, with your career in general, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And especially like if you are a founder and then you are a CEO of a company, any company, there's going to be so many growing pains that you have to embrace and you have to pivot into or out of uh, depending on how they're going. And it's going to be hard and you're going to feel at some point like a failure and you are going to feel like 
probably at some point, like you want to rip your hair out and just throw your arms up and say, I can't do this. Um, take a deep breath, (laughs) meditate a little bit. Um, honestly, maybe give yourself a day to chill and then come back and always look at that problem with fresh eyes. Um, that is one of honestly, I think the best things that we can do for anything. If you're feeling, I mean, like if it's writer's block, if it's honestly even just a mission block, if it's anything like give yourself at least a day, come back with fresh eyes. And I promise you for anything, you will feel so differently. Um, the second you've given yourself just, and just given, give your brain a break at some point. My God, you can do that. I promise. I give you permission to take a break at any point in this journey because, my God, whether you are founding it or you are running a company or an organization, you have taken on a lot. You are exhausted. You feel like the world is on your shoulders and I see you and I hear you and I want to wrap my arms around you and give you a nice big hug. Um, And this is your permission to sometimes just take a day and take a step back. You know, I honestly would say this this year had a lot of growing pains for me, for Ona. This would probably be like a different lesson, but I try really hard to be a very transparent leader with my team um, and kind of with the public, I guess, to as much as possible. But, um, you know, really with my team, I, I try and be as transparent as possible. And I always really start everything, uh, whether she likes it or not, with Mackenzie. Um, she definitely is like, kind of, she's like my home base. She's my feeler. Um, you know, she's the person that I work most stuff out with. Um, and But I also ask her opinion. I'm like, you know, do I talk about this with everyone? Do I even share that I'm kind of feeling this? I was like, does just venting to you about this really be all that I need right now? Um, and two big things, you know, one one of the big growing pains was like this compensation talk. Like we have been talking about the idea of changing our compensation model for like six months now and like how that's going to look and what we're kind of doing about it and and making sure that everything is, is being done ethically and okay. And, um, but that was also something I struggled with for a long time because, and I think that you'll find that growing pains really come out of guilt. Um, a lot of my growing pains were around the idea that I was like, I always promised that we would never compensate for our work. And I felt like a fraud or I felt like a liar because I was going back on that word. Um, Instead of really just leaning into the fact that, like, at some point, yeah, like, our time collectively as a team, like, not just me, like, our time is really valuable. Like, our time is worth the amount of effort that we are putting into this. And while the, the focus is the mission 110%, like, um, you know, all of these these great things in life, like, don't, don't come for free and we can't work ourselves to death for free. Like, I cannot have, like, all of these 2 a.m. mornings like that. Um, they just can't happen. And I always felt really guilty about kind of going back on that. Like that was one. Another one, um, which is going to kind of roll into tip number six, which is delegating, not tip, but like lesson, like delegate, 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 even when it feels really unnatural. Because again, I'm going to keep talking about Parks and Rec. If you are another one of my like Leslie Nope, sweetie honey babies, because um, trust me, she is my spirit animal. She is my jam. Love her and emulate her to pieces. Um, 
it's really hard sometimes to like when you because when you are like the CEO of something you should always have like your fingertips on a little bit of everything you should know where everything's at at any given moment but first of all like you should never be and I try really hard to not be like a micromanager I really want to empower my team to once they have all of the education and the knowledge and a in a certain area to just go and just run but you know have your have your fingertip on on just knowing where everything is at at any given point and it's hard to like especially if it's something that you built to let something go and something I really struggled with this past year was for example um our care package program like that was the whole like that's where we started that was the first thing that i ever did with operation alone was build care packages and i cannot express to you the amount of joy and like happiness and like downright giddiness that i had when i was making one of those packages like when i would get a name go to the store like carefully pick out every single thing that like was going to go to this one particular person and I could picture like you know, their face when they received it and I could hear I, I was hearing the feedback from people of what that meant when they received it like it brought me so much joy even though it was like cumbersome and it took time and obviously it takes a lot of money um it brought me so much joy And as the years have gone on, it's not that I've like lost any of that joy. It's just like as like the rest of the organization grew, as my responsibilities increased, as the rest of our services increased, like obviously like my time had to start splitting, uh, which was really hard because of course I love being Wonder Woman, Superwoman, whatever you want to call it. Um, I love having everything like not like on my shoulders because I don't love that feeling, but I love feeling like I can take it all on and it's all going to be okay and I can handle anything and um, pile it all all on because I got it because I'm Wonder Woman and I can handle it all. And my God, like realizing that that's not true. That's never true. Um, You have to delegate it out. And for care packages specifically, like this year also, um, you know, someone else on our team, Nathan, has been like our Google Ads maestro. He has been so great with um, figuring out Google ads and monitoring our Google ads every day, to which that means like the amount of website traffic that we've been having is bananas. People going to our site to request care packages have been bananas. And we've had record-breaking years for our care packages. The outstanding amount of requests in my inbox right now is like you could just keep scrolling for just care package requests. And like I'm really excited about it because it means like our Google ads are working. It means our organization is growing. It means more people being impacted. But that's also just like, again, it's very time consuming. So I started feeling this like drowning sense because I was like, how can I possibly get all of this done on top of everything else, Ona, on top of, you know, like my my other job and, and this and like, you know, I just started feeling very like suffocated by the by the sheer volume and the volume was great. I'm excited about the volume. Like, don't get me wrong. But I also knew that I officially reached that point where I couldn't turn them out and deliver them by myself anymore. And as I, you know, I like cry, like saying all this to Mackenzie, because I was like, I feel like such a, like a, like a bad founder because like this isn't bringing me joy because it is bringing me a lot of stress and because I'm not keeping up with them. And I was like, I I feel like such a fraud and I feel like a failure because I'm not keeping up on all these things as we're growing, Um, you know, and having that conversation with her and then bringing it to the team, which was 
you know, that and feel, like literally I'm pretty sure I cried at that meeting too, just like, but I, you know, admitting that I couldn't like handle this anymore. Um, of course, everyone on our team was like so sweet and so wonderful, but also slapped me hard in the face with a reality check of like, yeah, that's what growth means, pumpkin. <laughs> like at some point you can't do it all. So the growing pains are hard pivot, embrace them, go, and then delegate. So now Allison, who has been with us for like almost a year, who is a gem and a half, a peach and a half, I love her to pieces, which is crazy to think that we are a remote team. I actually haven't met her in person. Um, And she's been doing all of our like communication bits with like our email marketing and our blog. Um, But she finally came to me one day and was like, you know, I really think that I would love to like take over the care packages. She's like, I think I would have a lot of fun with it. I know that I have the bandwidth to do it. She's like, and she's like, I think that it would really like help fill up my like mission moment cup and she's like I really want to give it a try and I like I like cried again I like cried a tear of joy because I was like are you kidding me (laughs) it's like that would be awesome um and so like this whole weekend I've spent like cleaning out like the whole basement and sent shipping her a ton of boxes with all of the the blankets and materials that she needs and doing everything but like the amount of joy that like I saw like in her face and her voice when she got like her first care package request looked exactly like what I felt like at 18. And so the delegation of actually watching other people have the joy in those things um, will be better than the stress that you have trying to take care of your things. So grow, pivot into your growing pain and get ready to delegate, my sweet friend. Lesson number seven, people will always surprise you. And only like 10% of the time is that negative. Um, I think that is a nonprofit specific thing because I think in in for-profit businesses, people are a lot more um, unforgiving or at least like unkind Uh, because in nonprofits, it's one of those really hard things where um, even if someone kind of wants to complain to you and trust me, they will and they will be ruthless. I don't know. It's like, you know, people will always, some people with the internet will always be like a little rude and a little complaining even when you're offering like free services um and like things under the goodness of your heart which is just crazy um but it's there and like people will do it but for the most part I've always been so so surprised um by people by like the true and utter kindness out of people the generosity of people people that who just come out of the woodwork just ready to like share with you share their stories share their money even if it's just like the dollar in their pocket share their time with you share their expertise with you um people will always just i really truly people will always surprise you and lesson number eight the big one the big cojona um life business nonprofits, your impact all of it all of your passions in life are going to be a roller coaster. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure you already know that. But they're going to be a roller coaster anyway. So you might as well enjoy the freaking ride.
you know, when you're doing something like being the CEO of a company, of a nonprofit organization, you are going to have those high highs. You are going to see just imagine, like unimaginable amount of just change on someone's face, like gratitude, love, appreciation, um, tears, just amazing, amazing, like raw emotions based out of helping, based out of caring, based out of impacting someone else's life. And it's so amazing and you are going to be riding on those highs and at some point well honestly if you just have access to the internet like at some point you're going to also see like the worst in other people and you're going to see the worst in yourself like any type of endeavor like this you are going to see some of the worst of yourself some of your worst qualities like your most stressed out self you know can come out with these things like but also anything that you chose to do in life will have that kind of roller coaster. You are going to see highs and lows for anything and everything. And so, but if you have chosen to go this route, my God, embrace it, accept it. And there are like so many times, and I think, again, this year, especially, and I think for me, probably in the last like three years, there have been a lot of moments that I've just looked at that like, you know, you can just feel that something is a really monumental moment as it's happening not necessarily in the retrospect but you're like this is going to be a huge day um and sometimes I just smile and I laugh and I chuckle and I just kind of think about the fact that like this is part of that roller coaster so you have signed up for a a ruthless hard crazy life. Um, hopefully, whether you are nonprofit or for-profit, I hope that you have chosen this crazy leadership position uh, for good, to make good, to do good in the world, and put the best of yourself that you can um, out there and know that it's going to be a roller coaster no matter what. So you might as well enjoy the ride. And that's it. That's all of it. I probably could have written like 12 more things or at least like rambled on this podcast for 17 more hours, but I'm not. I'm going to cut it off. Um, I hope that you got some value from this today. I hope that something I said resonated with you. If you have a different lesson that you've learned from being in this kind of position, please share with me because I always love this. This is one of the reasons why my like my bookshelf is uh, massively looking like it's about to break. <laughs> I love hearing these things. So please, if you have a lesson that you've learned, um, that's really inspiring, share it with me. I can share it with also the rest of the world on our social at make an impact podcast or on my personal page, which is at Susan Foch. Thank you for letting me hang out in your ear today, um, and share some of these lessons with you. I'm so excited to see what operation alone and what you will do in the next eight years. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friends, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.